Our gospel lesson today is from the gospel of Matthew, starting in chapter 21. When they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus gave two disciples a task. He said to them, go into the village over there. As soon as you enter, you will find a donkey tied up in a colt with it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anybody says anything to you, say that the Lord needs it. He sent them off right away. Now this happened to fulfill what the prophet said. Say to daughter Zion, look, your king is coming to you humble and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the donkey's offspring. The disciples went and did just as Jesus had ordered them. They brought the donkey and the colt and laid their clothes on them. Then he sat on them. Now a large crowd spread their clothes on the road. Others cut palm branches off the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds in front of him and behind him shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up. Who is this? They asked. The crowds answered, it's the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, let the words in my mouth and the thoughts and meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. For you, O oh Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Have you had that experience ever of experiencing something that is so good in that moment that you know it's going to come to an end very soon? Maybe it's a day with people that you absolutely love and you know that that day is eventually going to end. Or maybe it was an extraordinary and exquisite meal that was just out of this world and every aspect of it was utterly wonderful and you know you're can, your belly can only eat so much. Or maybe it was a sunset over the water and you knew that that sun is going to keep moving down, down, down. In those moments, we want time to stand still. And maybe the best part about those moments is that, in a sense, we sense it does. But we want time to, like, actually stop for a little while and to be able to linger in those spaces. But what happens, right? The, the day that we so enjoyed with those we love comes to a close. The meal is finished, the sun goes down so fast. It seemed like it was taking a while. And then once it hits the horizon, it's down in like three seconds flat. And, and there it goes. Jesus today is on the hill of praise. We love this hill. This is the Mount of Olives where we find Jesus today. And now when you're in Jerusalem and you're overlooking the old city, especially where you would have looked upon the temple when it was there, now it's just the single western wall, the Mount of Olives is right outside of the city. And when you're on the Mount of Olives, you have this picture-perfect view of the old city. And I can only imagine that when the temple was in full display, it had to be quite a sight to behold. So Jesus comes riding into town then, into Jerusalem on a donkey. And the crowd is a major character in Matthew's story here. Sometimes we think of the crowd just like random people, but for, for Matthew, they play a particular role in this story. The crowd, the crowd is a character. 
So they spread their clothes on the road, it says, which was basically a way for poor people to roll out the red carpet for Jesus, taking off their outer garment, putting it on the road in front of him so that he could walk and not have to get the donkey or his feet dirty along the way. They cut the palm branches down, a symbol of victory as he rode in. And they are chanting from Psalm 118 that we read this morning together. This is a Hallel Psalm. It's the final of the Hallel Psalms. These Psalms were chanted as the people would process for Passover. So it was actually natural that they were probably just chanting this Psalm as they were going down the Mount of Olives into the city. And when they get to the word Hosanna in that Psalm, the crowd doesn't exactly get the full meaning of what they are saying. Here's why. Hosanna, by the time of Jesus, had taken on a word like hurrah or huzzah among our crowd. It's celebratory, and we don't really know what it means. It's just kind of like, hooray, here we are. And so that's what they were singing and chanting as they went along the road. But Hosanna originally meant, in Hebrew, save us, Lord. Save us, Lord. It was a prayer of desperation. So the crowd is chanting for what we know that they truly and really need as they are on that Mount of Olives in the procession. You can feel the energy. That's why we love this story. That's why even, even us Methodists will wave something in the air on this day, which is very rare for us to have such display. And, and you can feel that energy like when you see the motorcade coming through town and you know that the president is coming in. Or it's the energy of the tailgate before the big playoff game. Or that of preparing the entire day with the bridal party for the big wedding and celebration that night. The crowd is excited for Passover. When the city will balloon from 50,000 people to 500,000 people basically overnight. This is why Jesus is on the Mount of Olives so much and will be throughout this final week. The hill on the Mount of Olives was essentially like the KOA campground for pilgrims coming to Jerusalem because the old city of Jerusalem literally is walled, okay? And so it could not take 10 times the people that came into town for these festivals. So people would camp out, kind of have their spot that they, that they had on the Mount of Olives and in surrounding areas. So in one sense, Jesus is simply riding into town for the Passover. This is the way that Jesus would have gone to Jerusalem from Bethany. We know that Jesus had friends in Bethany last week when we talked about Lazarus. Maria and Martha lived in Bethany about two miles out of Jerusalem. So it's very possible that Jesus is going back and forth between Bethany and Jerusalem during this holy season. But in another sense, Jesus is riding into town just like Solomon did. The wise king who is riding in just like Solomon did on a donkey. And he's a king indeed, but he's not like the military warrior leader who would have come in riding on a big war horse. No, he rides in on a lowly donkey. We want to stay on this hill. We want to make time expand in this moment, in this parade, joining in the praises, in the anticipation of the great Passover festival. But we are not stagnant 
on this hill. No, the parade is moving. Jesus is going down the switchbacks on the donkey, riding intentionally into the valley of death. In Luke's gospel, the narrative of the entire gospel changes when it says that Jesus sets his face towards Jerusalem. And from that moment on, Jesus made mental preparation to go intentionally towards Jerusalem. Jesus rides from the hill of praise into the valley of death. Yes, this valley is the holy city that is the location of the Passover festival. Typically, it's a joyous occasion, like a great big family reunion. And indeed, it will be the location of the Passover. But this time, the lamb's going to look a little different. The lamb will be hung upon a cross. So on the same Mount of Olives, then, Jesus will weep over Jerusalem as he looks over the city and says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who were sent to you. Jesus knows that he is riding into Death Valley. He is aware about how this is the beginning of the end for him. How often I wanted to gather your people together, Jesus says, just as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you didn't want that. The crowd on the hill proclaimed the truth of who Jesus was in that moment, even if they weren't fully aware. Save us, son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. But then Jesus enters the city. And the text tells us that the whole city is stirred up. The whole city is another character for Matthew over and against this crowd. The whole city represents those who are aligned with the high priests and the scribes, the religious leadership. The whole city is that religious leadership who didn't want a revolution of any kind. They didn't want to even overthrow the Roman government because they had it pretty good in that system. So when they say, who is this about Jesus when he enters? It is not an innocent question, just wondering who this guy is. It's more like, who does this guy think that he is? It has contempt behind it. And it is this whole city who is going to drag Jesus through his trial and arrest later in this week. In just one verse in our scripture, Jesus moves from being hailed as a king to being questioned and approached with utmost skepticism. And this is where I want us to live. This is the story of Holy Week. The space that is in between. Between verse 9 on the hill of praise and verse 10 in the valley of death, there is a space the space between those two places, the hill of praise, the valley of death. And this space is the space of life. What is hard about this Lenten journey that we have been on is just how honest and raw it is. But here we are. We have a good guide down this hill of praise and into the valley. Jesus, who set his face toward Jerusalem, and enters into this space intentionally. So I invite you to live into this space this week.
This is the challenge of Holy Week for us as Christians today. It is the challenge of not living life in the exact same pattern and same rush and same habits that we do every other day, but instead sitting in this space. This is why we have services on Thursday and on Friday. We mark time along with Jesus. They are not pleasant services. They don't leave you saying, now wasn't that nice? But they meet us in the reality of our pain and sadness, in the midst of our love and loss. And the good part is that we know what comes on the other side of the valley of death. We know that the tomb will be empty. Perhaps the most challenging and the most painful and the most important thing that we have learned during this Lent journey are these three words, in and through. Holy Week is an in and through experience. We start today heading down the Mount of Olives, waving our palms in the processional, hailing Jesus. We see Jesus this week clear the temple, curse a fig tree, get himself in trouble. On Thursday, we will see Jesus serve and love his betrayer and share in his final meal with his disciples, ending with his arrest. On Friday, we experience the darkest day when Jesus will breathe his last. And then comes Sunday. But Easter doesn't make sense without this whole week, without going in and through it together. Now, I understand why people want to hear happy preaching and sermons, why they want Palm Sunday to just be nice and to go straight to Easter with flowers and bunnies and all of the nice and chocolate and ham and whatever else Easter stands for for you. But after a week like this, after another school shooting again, another meaningless loss of life. And sometimes we want to say, well, just tell us everything is okay, preacher. Let me escape the realities of life just for a few minutes. But the problem of when we make our life of faith to be a life of avoidance, then our faith in Jesus doesn't have the resources to respond when awful things happen. The only way to Easter life is through the valley of death. I'll say that again. The only way to Easter life is through the valley of death. In and through. Will you go there with me? Amen. Amen.